0: Well, without further ado, Truth on Fire, uh, Ashley gave us an excellent introduction the week before last to our new series, Truth on Fire, this book by Adam Ramsey, we're just picking it up, it's absolutely full of the Bible and full of Bible truth and it helps us to open the Bible, so uh, we're using that. If you weren't here the week before last, I really would encourage you, go to youtube.com forward slash the apex church can i have my bottle of water i can feel a dry mouth today Uh, forward slash the apex church and there you'll find ashley's talk superb introduction really to this subject by the way can i just take a moment to say a huge thank you to glynn and to chris who take it in turns to both record, and I think others involved record, but they edit these talks every week, and they take quite a lot of time, and they put them onto YouTube so that people who are unwell, who are looking in or visiting, can watch them online. So can we just thank Glyn and Chris? <clears throat> um, it, it, Chris probably does it quicker than Glyn, by Glyn's own admission, <laughs> but I know it takes, doesn't take five minutes, so thank you. In that introduction, Ashley spoke about the importance of theology, having good foundations, not just any old foundations, but ones that help us to build well and true in our day and in our time. Theology is vitally important. But theology is not just for some highbrow professor stuck in a dusty study somewhere. Theology is for all of us. Izzy's going to help me with some PowerPoints. Thank you, Izzy, today. Theology is about understanding the truth of God. The truth about God. His nature, his character, his attributes. That's what theology is is. But it's not just to be dry head knowledge, not some, oh, I know some things. No, revelation that ignites us, sets us ablaze, puts a fire deep within us, a fire that is not only just for us, but a light to the world around us, to those around us. By the way, it's also why we need to keep praying for the infilling power and presence of the Holy Spirit. That's another thing we want to pray every time we come together. We prayed this morning in the prayer meeting. This evening we will pray, Holy Spirit, come and fill us. Why? Because Jesus said he's the spirit of truth. He's the spirit of truth. He leads us into truth. So the Holy Spirit leads us into truth. He reveals the heart of Jesus. He reveals the heart of the Father to us. We need the Holy Spirit. John 8, 32. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And so we, we want to, to know the truth of God, to understand our wonderful Creator and our relationship to Him. But we want that to set us on fire. Ashley then went on to tell some of the story of Abraham before he became Abraham, how he encountered God and how that encounter revolutionized his whole life and its direction. And he talked about the comparison between Abraham and his nephew Lot and what they looked at. When they came to a decision that they were too close together and their animals were fighting and their shepherds were fighting, they needed to separate. And Lot looked at the valley. He looked at the lush green valley. He looked at the, the, the wonderful creation, yes, but he was looking with human eyes. Abraham, on the other hand, listened to God and he lifted his eyes to God. And after he had moved out, he first thing he did was to worship. Lot moved far away from God. He, he moved into the world, if you like. He moved into the city. He moved into a place that was far from God. Abraham looked to God and worshipped him. Revelation shapes our priorities. That's a good comment there. <laughs> Revelation shapes our priorities. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you as well. But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. For the world in which we live, it's God, if he's anything, is an afterthought. The kingdom is an afterthought. I need to get myself sorted, my finances, my provision, my situation, what I want. And and anything of God, anything of that is an afterthought. But for us who are in Christ, those of us who are committed to his word, his word says, seek first the kingdom. Put that first. But that only comes if we get a revelation. A revelation that is not just, oh, I know some things. But a revelation that travels that longest distance from here to here, as it were. To the heart of the person. Seek first. A revelation shapes our priorities. So as we dig in to the character and nature of God, we want to say, what is this about? It's not just to know some theology. You hearing me? It's a, a, we might be on fire. That it might shape our priorities, shape our marriages, shape our decisions about our finances and our work. It's gone very quiet. (laughs) Ashley made this wonderful point because he said this, revelation of God leads to relationship with God. What a phrase. Revelation. As I get this revelation, I want to know you more. I want to walk with you, as we were saying in the worship. I want, I want you close to me. And so what we're praying in these days is, Lord, might we have a revelation of who you are that leads to relationship. Amen? I came across a great quote this week. from uh, This is from Mike Betts. He uh, leads another one of our families of churches at Relational Mission. but He, he actually himself was quoting a wonderful old book of Puritan prayers. Some of you may have heard it. It's called Valley of Vision. It's full of Puritan prayers. But listen to this. Thank you. When thou art absent, all sorrows are here. When thou art present, all blessings are mine. When thou art absent, all sorrows are here. When thou art present, all blessings are mine. How the UK church needs a fresh, vibrant, overwhelming all silencing awareness of the presence of our God, he desires to warm our hearts once again come Holy Spirit and I I just saw that uh, one of the good things on Twitter I saw that and I thought wow and that phrase how we need a fresh vibrant overwhelming all silencing awareness there are so many voices in our world aren't there so many voices. We're being bombarded. Political voices, educational voices, philosophical voices, sport voices, celebrity voices, social media bombarded by voices. How we need an all silencing awareness of the presence of our God. So, we're going to gaze at our Gods to, to quote the subtitle of this great little book. We're going to gaze at God until our heart sings, all right? Gazing at God until our heart sings. The truth we're going to look at today just for a few moments is this. God is other. God is other. But the second half of the title is the experience of wonder, all right? It's not just, oh, I know a truth now. God is other. What does that mean? No, the experience of wonder, Eleven years ago, on Monday the 13th of June, 2011, at about half past eight in the morning, I had the most bizarre, surreal, and yet profound experience. I was involved at the time in leading Gateway Church at Swindon, and uh, we'd had a family go out from us to Canada to help plant a church in a city called Kitchener-Waterloo, it was about an hour's drive outside of Toronto. Sadly, there'd been a number of challenges there in the church, and it was felt right that I should be sent out to go in person to meet with this couple, uh, to meet with other leaders, other members of the church, and to preach there on the Sunday morning. I actually only went for three or four days. It was the, the whole trip was bizarre and surreal, going to Canada for three days, four days. But anyway, that's another story. Uh, we had a good time. I had a good time with them. I met with people. Very encouraging. And I preached on the Sunday morning. Uh, and then I was due to fly back later on the Monday, Monday morning. On the Sunday night, I stayed with another leader from a, another church that had been, uh, been helping to support. And we're just about to head off to bed. Uh, and he turned to me and he said, Oh, by the way, he said, Have you ever been to Niagara Falls? And I was like, no, um, I've, you know, I've never been to North America, um, let alone Niagara Falls. He said, well, if we get up early in the morning, we can go to it on the way to the airport. And I was like, what? <laughs> All I'm thinking about is getting back on the plane and back to Jackie and the, and the kids. And are, are you sure? Yeah, yeah, it's on the way. It's not a problem. So we did get up quite early in the morning, on the Monday morning, and off we went. And as we were driving... I knew that we were driving beside a valley and there was a river. You could see the river through the trees every now and again. Once or twice he slowed down and he opened the windows. And in the distance you could hear sort of like a roar. There was some sort of funny roar, but you couldn't see anything. Anyway, eventually we pulled into a car park. It was really quite early in the morning, so it wasn't a lot of people there. It was quite misty. You could just hear this constant sort of roar, um, but you couldn't see anything. The other side of the road was a, just a large pavement and there was like a parapet, a bridge kind of thing. And uh, so I just wandered, I just wandered across the road onto the pavement up to this parapet which was only about chest height and I looked over. There in front of me was Niagara Falls. Don't know how much you can see in the picture, but this little line down in the bottom corner, that's the wall (laughs) that I was leaning on. Even to this day, I find it very hard to find the words of the awesomeness, the the wonder of this spectacle that was in front of me. Just stood there dumbfounded. The other guy had seen it a hundred times, he he wandered off. After a few minutes, he came walking back very fast along the pavement. He said, do you want to go on the Maid on the Mist, which is the boat that goes up to Niagara Falls? I'm going, what? We've got a plane to catch, you know. He said, no, 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 it's fine. It's the first boat of the day, but we'll have to go now. I have to go really quickly. So suddenly we're running along the pavement, um, down all these steps. We didn't get to do the proper talk uh, or any of that. We didn't have any instructions. It's like, quick, quick, quick. They thrust one of those overalls into our hands that you've probably seen in photos. Um, one of those, I think it was yellow. I can't remember. Um, it, this is the thing. I, it, it was, I was in, like, shock, really. Um, and uh, if you can see, I think you can see, forget, this is 11 years ago on a little Nokia phone or something, because uh, that's all I had. But there's the boat you can see heading towards uh, Niagara Falls and uh, um, obviously that was me taking a picture of what was going on. And I, I d- couldn't take any pictures at the fall because the, the water and the spray and everything just deluged you, you couldn't, couldn't get your phone out. But The the roar, the sound, the spray as you looked up into millions and millions of tons of water just crashing right in front of you. And you almost stop breathing because you're thinking, I hope this man knows how to drive this boat. Now some of you may have those kinds of stories, things, other stories of parts of the world, maybe the Grand Canyon, I don't know, maybe out in an ocean somewhere, uh, maybe just down at Gurnard with those astonishing sunsets. The thing about wonder is that it's quite hard to explain or to describe it. It has to be experienced. The, dis- the description, whatever description, it never really does it justice. One of my biggest regrets at that, in that moment was Jackie wasn't there with me to experience it. Because you can't really share it. You have to be there. But what these moments can do is just give us a glimpse of eternal. They give us a a glimpse of the eternal greatness. Uh, Adam uh, Ramsey in his book says, delight and surprise and curiosity and sometimes even terror all mixed together remind us how wonderfully small and creaturely we really are. In the same way, that same feeling of awe is meant to mark our walk with the Lord, the Lord Jesus. As we fix our eyes on the author and the perfecter of our faith, Hebrews 12 verse 2, in all his unparalleled beauty, unrivaled power, There should be a response of wonder and worship that just wells up, begins to flow from within us, gazing at God until our heart sings. However, if we're really honest, and that's a funny phrase, isn't it, because we should always be honest, the truth is that what I'm describing is not always, perhaps often, our Christian experience. Why? Why? Why is that the case? Well, I think one of the main reasons to quote the great 16th century reformer Martin Luther is that so often our thoughts of God are too small. Our thoughts of God are too small. I was reminded this week of a chorus we used to sing. I don't know if we sung it here. I've sung so many over the years. But this was a song we used to sing. I have made you too small in my eyes, O Lord Forgive me. I've made you too small in my eyes. Oh Lord, forgive me. How often do we shrink God down to our size? We shrink him down to our thinking, our expectations. This is what he's like. This is what he will do. No, that's not our God. He's outside of time and space. He's outside. We try, it's our only way of trying to deal with his awesomeness, his glory and his greatness. But the danger with it is we shrink him down. We box him down and we box him in. There's a challenge to us to recognize that the God who calls us in the words of Psalm 27 to seek my face is in so many words otherworldly and dissimilar to us. Um, Adam Ramsey uh, often um, quotes C.S. Lewis, and I know that um, Ashley read a little bit uh, from here, from C.S. Lewis. I want to just read you another little bit. This is uh, from the Silver Chair, um, C.S. Lewis, Silver Chair. This is the the section where Jill, who's a very self-assured newcomer to Narnia, has been separated from her friend Eustace. And she's searching for a stream to satisfy. She's really, really thirsty. She's searching for a stream. And she follows the sounds of flowing water and finally locates the source of life. But then when she gets to this river, she stops dead in her tra- tracks. For right there in front of the river is the one who sang Narnia into existence Aslan the lion. Paralysed with uncertainty as to whether she ought to approach or flee for her life, she's surprised when this great lion opens his mouth and speaks to her. Are you thirsty? said the lion. I'm dying of thirst, said Jill. Then drink, said the lion. May I? Could I? Uh, Would you mind going away while I do? said Jill. The lion answered this only with a look and a very low growl. Jill gazed at this motionless bulk. She suddenly realized she might as well have asked the whole mountain to move aside for her convenience. The delicious rippling noise of the stream was driving her nearly frantic. "'Will you promise not to, not to do anything to me if I do come?' said Jill. "'I make no promise,' said the lion. Jill was so thirsty now that without noticing it, she'd come a step nearer. "'Do you eat girls?' she said." I have swallowed up girls and boys, women and men, kings and emperors, cities and realms, said the lion. Didn't say this as if it was boasting, nor as if it was sorry, nor if it was angry. Just said it. I daren't come and drink, said Jill. Then you will die of thirst, said the lion. Oh dear, said Jill, coming another step nearer. I suppose I must go and look for another stream then. There is no other stream, said the lion. Like Lewis's lion, God will not be tamed. He offered fullness of life, but he does so on his terms. We must approach him, for there is no other stream. There is no other stream. I knew this would be a tricky moment every time I've come to this. It's like things I want to just take a few moments to share about the nature of our God. But I just feel we need to camp here a second. Brothers and sisters, there is no other stream. It's an invitation today to come to the stream. The living stream. Lord, we have made you too small in our eyes. Lord, forgive us. Lord, we come again to your stream, living stream. Stream of your word, the stream of your spirit, the stream of the living God within us, dwelling within us. Holy Spirit, open our eyes. Holy Spirit, open our hearts. Holy Spirit, draw us again into the very lap, into the very presence of our almighty creator, God. We pray for revelation that will lead to relationship, deep relationship. There is no other stream. I'm not reading just one scripture today, I'm reading many different scriptures, but throughout the Bible we are confronted with a God who is entirely other than us. So Isaiah 40 verse 25 says, to whom will you compare me? Who is my equal, says the Holy One. There's a fascinating little phrase in Psalm 50 verse 21 where God says, you thought I was exactly like you. I'm nothing like you. Yes, there is an amazing sense in which we are like God, and we're going to come back to that in a few weeks' time, but in so many ways, God is entirely unlike us. So, the theological attributes that we're talking about here today is the transcendence of God, okay? Hopefully, that will come up, the transcendence of God, or to put it another way, if you want to remember it well, the Godness of God, the Godness of God's. Isaiah speaks of this otherness, this otherness. Isaiah 46, verses 9 and 10. Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God, there is no other. There is none, I am God and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning From ancient times, what is still to come, I say, my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. I am God. There is none like me. The otherness, the transcendence, the godness of God. Actually, what we say is he's in a category of his own. We live in a world that wants to categorize everything. Science is looking to categorize more and more the minutiae, the molecules, the nuclei, and so on. But God is in a category of his own. In fact, he creates the categories. There's none like him. Only that God, not only is God different to us in the category of his being, but also in the essence of his being. It's important for us to understand this. God needs nothing outside of himself to exist. His, in his self-existence, he is perfect. He is the, to quote Jeremiah 10, the living God and everlasting King. 1 Timothy 1.16, the one who is sovereign, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone has immortality. truth is we are very needy. We're very fragile. We depend on water. We depend on food. And most of all, we depend on oxygen. Remove our oxygen for a moment or three, somebody medical will tell me, and we're done for. God needs nothing outside of himself to exist. He is in himself all that is needed happy and whole, everything else exists because he does so. That's what we need to help us to understand. So much in our world today, and today as much as any part of our history in, in, in modern times for sure, is that we think we're in control. We think we're the ones who've got it sorted. We think the ones, we make the decisions. Now he's given us free will. We're not robots but the breath that we have in our mouths as we got up this morning is from God. That's the truth that we declare. That's what we believe theologically. Our life is from him. That's why it's all of him. It's all from him. That's why we want to seek first the kingdom when we think about our finances and what we're giving and where we're giving and what we're spending. When we think about our marriages, our workplaces, the the priorities that we make, as we get a revelation of almighty God and we go, wow, That's going to make some changes in my life. And if it doesn't, I've not seen God. I've not seen who he is. I've not understood. I need to dig into him until I begin to go, wow. To gaze at God until your heart sinks. That's the invitation that we're looking at. Oh, gone into preacher mode proper there. I want us to come back into worship. I don't want to throw Izzy out on the PowerPoint. <laughs> Another piece of wonderful theology, let's just push on for a few minutes. In the goodness of God, is that God is immutable. AI, you've earned a proper big word today. Okay. Basically, he does not change. Hallelujah. (laughs) He's not evolving or improving. James 1, he's the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. I grew up with a plaque on the wall just inside the front door. Every day I would see it, day after day, year after year, and it went with my mum everywhere she went until the day she died. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. When Moses asked his name of God, God didn't reply with a label, but with a statement of his unchanging existence. I am who I am. It was a statement from God. I am who I am. In other words, there never was a time that I was not. And there never will be a time where I will not be. Some of these things are massive. It's like, how do I get my head around this eternity picture? But we need to let this truth Soak into us, amen? Amen. Because they're glorious truths, and if we get hold of them and allow them to penetrate into our hearts and into our minds, it will cause us to wonder. And as we begin to grasp these truths, it will change our perspective on the world. It will change our priorities. It will change our hopes and our dreams, our faith. It will change our faith steps that we take, the choices and decisions. Why is it a family will get up from a comfortable middle class life, they'll take their family and they'll go to one of those unreached people groups in Nepal or Bhutan or the Philippines. Why would you do that? Because I've got a revelation. I've got a revelation. I've got a revelation. And it's gripped my heart. And it's changed my priorities. Let's just do some little bit of application. What do we do with this as we, as we go from here? We're going to worship because that's part of it. Because worship draws our heart. How, Mark, how do I comprehend this? How do I get hold of this? There are three very quick things. I'm not going to preach long on them. They're not complicated, but they're challenging. All right? Look at, get to know Jesus. Dig into the Word, the Bible, and be filled with the Spirit. Look at, get to know Jesus, dig into the Word, the Bible, get to know and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, these are the words of Jesus, John 10, I and the Father are one. John 14, anyone who's seen me has seen the Father remember I mentioned the immutability of God, the unchangingness of God? Here it is, Jesus. I and the Father are one. Anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, Hebrews 13. There it is. That's the immutability seen in person of the Lord Jesus right there through the New Testament what is this father this creator what does he look like look at Jesus look at Jesus Jesus is I am on display in fact when they asked him he said and we looked at it through the summer didn't he I am I am I am he used the same words in John 8 58 when he think of how he calmed the wind and the waves it's it's there in the book if you've got the book you'll be able to read how he multiplied the fish and the loaves turned water into wine healed the sick raised the dead no wonder the disciples were in awe of him it says in wonder they were like oh and thomas of course on the after jesus had had been raised from the dead and jesus appeared to them oh my lord that's how it's written oh my god Those are the words of Thomas. Look at Jesus. Adam Ramsey says, the one who was infinitely above them was also intimately with them. There were moments where they were terrified. (laughs) He's just calmed the entire storm. How did he do that? And he's in the boat with us. Lord, I've made you too small in my eyes. Lord, forgive me. The whole of the Bible, so just then coming in to the Bible, is like this. God revealing his heart and his nature over and over and over again in the words. That's why we encourage one another to get hold of the Bible and to read it. Not because Christians should, because we get revelation, and revelation leads to relationship. It's also why we cry out for the Holy Spirit to fill us. To open our eyes to this living word. Jesus said, I'm sending you this one. He will lead you into truth. So as I get hold of the Bible and I begin to open it, I say, Holy Spirit, lead me into truth. Lead me into truth. I don't understand this bit. Help me, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives me a revelation. Uh, sorry, I've jumped, um, jumped there. The whole of the Bible, uh, your God reveals his heart and his nature over and over again. No, I said that, didn't I? The Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit gives me a revelation of God in his words. And if we allow him to, he will also give us a revelation through creation. We have a tremendous privilege living here, don't we, in the sunsets that we have and the seas and the storms and uh, just all around us. If only I can slow down long enough to see the creative genius of God that's to be seen everywhere, even at the bottom of my street, literally. One of the things about that moment at Niagara Falls was that a lot of the time I just was thinking, are we going to get to the airport on time? Am I going to catch my plane, genuinely? What, am, what are we doing here? I'm not on holiday. I came ministry. I was focused. I'm going to the airport. I'm at Niagara Falls. And, and I know that I didn't really take it in. Now, that had something to do with a bit of t- time. But aside from the shock of the spectacle in front of me, I didn't really take it in in the way that it would have been good for me to do. Adam Ramsey says, if I pay attention to God's world, I am assaulted with delight. If I pay attention to God's world, I'm assaulted with delight. Can I invite you to stand? Uh, I've got some questions for you to think about in the week, which we'll come back to perhaps at the end, just as we finish. But can you stand? Maybe the worship team can come back and help us. Let's, um, maybe if you feel comfortable or able to, shut your eyes, or you can keep your eyes open, it's fine, but just let's respond. Friends, we're we're invited to stare intently, indeed dumbstruck, into God's word and God's worlds. And as I do, I'm reminded that he who created all that beauty is the same one who measures off the water of the earth in the hollow of his hand, who marks off the heavens with a span, Who holds the dust of the earth in a basket? Who weighs the mountains and the hills on a set of scales? Do these truths make you feel small? They do me. Look at that little tiny boat at the foot of Niagara Falls. Makes you feel small, very small. But that's okay. Because it confronts you with your creaturely dependence. And it causes you to look up into the face of the uncreated, transcendent, immutable God of all creation. Who invites you to come and drink. Because there is no other stream. So let's just take some moments We're going to sing, but maybe you might just, you might want to be on your knees. Hold out your hands, respond. I invite you today, let this bigness, let the glory of God begin to penetrate the hardness of culture, hardness of life and decision-making. This is your God, dear friends. This is your God. Let him penetrate that skin. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Holy Spirit, you're so welcome. Just come right now. Just even begin as the guys begin to lead us. Just lift your hands. Lift your hearts. Look to Jesus. Be filled with his spirit again this morning. Worship him. Give thanks to him. Adore him. Gaze upon him until your heart begins to sing. Let's gaze upon the Lord. Almighty oh, God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of His government and peace, there will be no end. There will be no end. No end. And we say, Lord, Lord, Come and reign. Come and rule. Lord, where other things have been on the throne, where other situations, people, stuff has been on the throne, Lord, come and be enthroned in our hearts again today. Come and be enthroned where we've made you too small. Expand our gaze, expand our hearts, expand our understanding. Lord, that our spirits might sing. Almighty God, we've only touched, Lord, on one, one tiny aspect of your nature, of your character today. We thank you, Father, that in a rapidly changing world, you do not change. We thank you, Lord, that we can stand on the rock. The rock that is the same tomorrow as it was today and it was yesterday. We thank you for hope. We thank you for truth. We thank you for life. We thank you, Lord, for assurance, which we're going to look at next week. Certainty. Oh, Father. Oh, God. Lord we just come we surrender our lives again to you have your way Lord Holy Spirit Holy Spirit where we feel weak where we feel uncertain let assurance come let truth come let these great truths go deep within us And Lord, let a fire begin to blow in us, grow in us, burn in us. Lord, that will build us and strengthen us and fill us. And will overflow, overflow to our families, overflow in the school gate, overflow across the workbench. Lord, overflow across the neighbourhood. Lord, may we overflow with life. In God's overflow in you, overflow in you. Help us, Lords. We long to be a blessing to our hurting world. We long, we long to be a blessing. Help us, Lords. Lord, where there are priorities that need to be changed, we ask for your grace. Help us to change our priorities. Lord, where we've not been seeking your kingdom first. We pray, help us. Holy Spirit, help us. We thank you that you're merciful. You thank you that you're gracious. We thank you that as we confess our sin, you are gracious, you will forgive us. You'll cleanse us from all that is not of God. And so, Lord, we just pray, even as we go from this place, as we place our priorities again before you, Holy Spirit, lead us. Holy Spirit, guide us. Holy Spirit, soften us. Help us to be those who trust you, lean upon you by faith in this amazing, awesome, wonderful God. Lord, Lord, we worship you. We worship you we worship you at the end of each chapter adam has some questions that uh, for us to reflect on which you can use in groups you can use at home you can use with your family so isabel will just put those up for us and you can take a note of those if you'd like but be blessed Um, look forward to catching up with those who want to hear a bit more about the vision and values of the church here about about hubbers 12 we'll be back in here For a light lunch and share together but be blessed there's children to be collected so if you can go and get them don't forget to thank lucy and the team and uh thank you to the worship team for leading us see you to this evening if you're able to make it seven o'clock